We talked about this a little bit last week as we looked at the fact that God is still in control. No matter Have how you ever out thought of to yourself, why am I here? Um, he's still in control of this service right now too, amen? God is in control no matter what is going on in the world around us, but he's also in control in our life. And God has put us here with a purpose and a mission, and it's God's desire that we find life. As we profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that we believe will lead us to life. But it's not just about us. God's word guides us in this. And as we look at that video, and you'll see that video again in the coming weeks just to keep it in front of you, God's put you right here in this specific place at this specific time for a reason. You have a purpose to make a difference, to shine a light. And though we talked about the fact that God's in control, it may not seem that he's in control all the time, but he is. And we might believe that on a grand scale, but do you believe that in your own life? Because God is in control even in your own life. We all want our life to matter, to be meaningful. And sometimes it feels like it's out of control. And it does lead every one of us at some point in time, whether we vocalize the question or whether we just feel it in our heart, to ask that question, why am I here? Why, why am I here, right here, right now? What am I supposed to be doing? And so I just want to invite you as we prepare to launch into a new sermon series to think about this. God has you here not just for you. God has you here to make a difference in the world around you. God has you here because you can be a light to those that need it. And so as we begin a new sermon series, let me just be clear about what I believe, and this will come as absolutely zero shock to anybody in this room. I absolutely believe from the bottom of my heart that God created this world. And when he created this world, it was good. And he created man to live in relationship with him and to find life by walking in a right relationship with God and in right relationship with others. He created us to find joy and purpose also in doing things. Or another way to put that would be he created us to find joy in doing the work that he created for us to do. I find joy and purpose and fulfillment as I do the work that God created for me to do. When I lose focus on that and I start focusing on other things, and it might sound a little harsh to say it this way, but when I focus on selfish things, I may find moments of happiness or just temporary satisfaction, but it's never going to last. It's always going to lead me astray away from where God wants me to be. So I fully believe that God is calling me to life. But here's a problem I have with that. I can believe that with all my heart, that following God is going to lead me to somewhere better. And it's not just about believing God, it's about actually doing what his word says. And so I want to do that. But then there's times I just slip back into old habits or I stumble on things and it doesn't work out the way that I want it to. Let me, let me give a silly example. But this week I was shopping and, and Julie and I were out looking at some things and of course she's looking around and I'm over in electronics. And so I'm like, ooh, gadgets. Um, so I found a place that had all these little light bulbs on sale that connect to the Wi-Fi in your house. 
and then you can just talk to the thing and tell it to turn the lights on. Are you, anybody familiar with that? So, yeah. So I buy all of them because, you know, that's me. I'm trying to think of all the lights in the house going, mm, mm, mm. So I get home, and, I, and I'm trying to put these lights in. Now, I don't know how you guys are, but here's how I read instructions sometimes, put lights in. Okay, I can do that. All right. So I'm installing them, and I know how they're supposed to work. I know what they're supposed to do. And so I'm putting them in. And to get them to actually connect, they're supposed to be blinking real fast, and then you connect them to the stuff. Well, I'm putting them in, and I can only get them to blink slow. I'm like, going, what's the, I don't know what's going on. And I know you're supposed to turn them off, turn them on, turn them on. And that's how you get it going. So I'm sitting there. I'm turning them off, turning them on, turning them off, turning them on, turning them on. And they're always blinking slow. And I'm like, I can't figure this out. So I finally humble myself, go read the instructions. I was turning them on and off three times. To get them to reset, you had to do it five times. So I was falling just short every time. And I finally read the instructions. I get it. All right, so here's what's awesome. I get them to connect. And now I can just walk into the house and go, Alexa, turn the lights on. And she goes, okay, and turns all the lights on. It's like, this is fun. But here's the problem. I'm old. And for all of my years, this is how I've turned a light on. I walk in a room and I go, bam, on the wall. I walk in the room and I go, bam, on the wall. I've done that all my life. So I go to all this work because I really want this thing because I think it's going to be great and I think it's going to be cool. And I put them all in and I get them all programmed and I walk into the bedroom and go, bam, and turn the lights off. And I go, ah. turn them off, 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 reset, go to the front. And so it's like you have to, to start this thing over again because I turn them off. But I'm going to tell you something that was really cool is that when it worked and I'm, and I'm in bed, and I'm laying there and I go, Alexa, turn the front porch lights off. And they go, oof. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So I know I want to be there. But the problem is sometimes I, f- I forget and I slip back into old habits because they've been there for a while. Can we just be honest and say that sometimes that's the way we are with our walk with Christ? I know from the bottom of my heart that God wants me to have life. And he wants me to have it better than what I have. But I've lived this life and I have these experiences and these things. And every once in a while I slip back into bad habits and, and, and I struggle and I stumble with that. But God still needs me at times to reset and trust him that I will find life when I do what God says. And I think that's something that God continues to just drill down in my heart. And I really want you to hear what I'm saying. God will lead me to life when I do what he says. Not when I believe what he says, but when I actually live it out. And so I believe from the bottom of my heart, I'm here to find life in Christ, to find joy and purpose in living out his commands. And so part of his commands are being a light to those around me as well. I want you to follow with me, if you will, in Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can open to there, Matthew chapter 4, or you can access it on your electronic device if you want, or... You can follow along on the screen. I want to point something out about the calling of the first disciples. I want you to see this with me. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. It says, as he, he being Jesus, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Thank you for that. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two 
other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets. He called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. Now, this is the call of Jesus. Follow me. Again, not believe in me, not trust in me, but follow me. And I think that's very important for us because I think if we're honest, what most of us would say is I'm not going to follow someone that I don't trust and I'm not going to trust someone I don't believe. And so sometimes we look at this backwards and we say, well, I have to believe him. And then once I believe you and you earn my trust and then maybe I'll follow you. But God's word is saying, follow me, follow me, follow me. Not let's work up to following me. Not let's kind of ease into following me. He's saying, hey, you on the boat, come on, follow me. And they go, okay, let's follow Jesus. Now, as crazy as that may sound to some of you, let's give a little context here. So the context at this point in time in Jewish history, that when boys were young, they would, they would start going to school and they would learn the Torah and then some of them would get selected to move on and learn the whole Old Testament. And then along the way, there would come a point in time where rabbis would look at the kids and they would take the best of the best that they thought were worthy and go, okay, I want you to become my disciple. And so that was common. Here's something that we can point out is that Andrew and Peter and James and John were obviously not picked because they were Fishermen, they were not at that point in time disciples. But you would wonder why would they easily so follow because it was common in the culture to do that. So for them to actually see that someone's actually asking me to follow them, and what he's saying is come with me and do what I do. So hear me on this again. He's not asking them to make a one-time decision. He's inviting them to life change. Not making a decision, life change. Follow me, do what I do, I will change your life. You were using your talents and your gifts to catch fish, and now I'm going to change your talents and your gifts to be able to fish for people. And in doing so, you're going to find life that you couldn't possibly imagine before. You're going to have joy and satisfaction and fulfillment because you're actually doing what God created you to do. You're getting temporary satisfaction when you throw that net out there and you pick it up and you go, yay, fish. But I'm going to give you incredible satisfaction when you understand that you can help point people to know the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. Some come with me and do what I do. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to be a follower. I hope that you understand that. And I hope that you don't just have a faith that says, yeah, I believe Jesus. I just don't do anything that he says me, tells me to do. I hope you understand that you find life in actually following Christ. It's kind of like this, right? I don't get healthy eating one meal and going on a walk afterwards, right? I, it just doesn't happen. I get healthy by changing unhealthy habits. And making a decision that says, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to actually live a different way because God's inviting me to live differently. That's what he's inviting the disciples to is a different life. He's inviting us to a different life. He's inviting 44,000 people who have no religious affiliation in Parker County to find that life. But how are they going to find that? 
unless somebody shares it with them. And that's what we want to focus in on in this sermon series. God shows me the way. And he gives me a choice. I either follow or I don't. You can't halfway follow. You realize that, right? You can't just halfway follow and expect to get to the destination. If you're kind of halfway following, some people just kind of leave you behind. And they just go on their own way. And you're looking going, ah, oh, just looked aside for just a minute. Where'd they go? And they're gone. Especially if you're following some people in our church. I won't name any names, Joe Sneed. Okay, so I want to share with you something, though, that we're going to be doing as a church. I want to take a minute. And, and you'll notice at the end of your aisle, you'll see these books. And inside the books, there's some things. And you can pass those out. If you're watching with us online, uh, we'll be posting a link where you can download this stuff uh, with us online, you can follow along. If there aren't enough of these to go around right now, you can steal from the other pews that don't have people on them, or you can share them around on this. But here's what we're going to invite you to. Why am I here? I'm here to be a light. I'm here to share the hope of Jesus Christ. And hear me on this. God's word tells us that we're supposed to be going and sharing this hope with others. It's not just one person's job. Let's zone in here for a second. We don't get to delegate this. This is something for all of us to do. And what my bottom line belief is, is I live out God's word, then I find life and purpose that goes beyond anything else. And so we're going to, as a church, focus on the next month of what we can do specifically to be a light. We're inviting everyone in the church to participate with us as we begin to be intentional about praying for at least one person that we're going to have an intentional conversation with about my faith and invite them to life in Christ at some point in time as God leads me. And not just having a conversation about my faith, but inviting them into my life. You see, there's, there's, there's a thing that we say here about being a light. We've made that word light into an acrostic, and we talk about L being live out what the Bible says. And so this is part of living that out. The I means invite others on a journey of faith. Because we're on this journey. It's like I said, I mean, for 40 plus years, I've been switching light switches like this. And when I want to do it a different way, I got to be intentional about this. I got to think about it differently. And so we're inviting you to think about things differently and take a step of faith and be that intentional light to someone that God may be putting in your path. So you have three things in this book. You have, first of all, a bookmark. And on the end of that bookmark, you'll notice there's a little tear off. Don't tear it off. I'm going to tear it off to demonstrate that there's a tear off. Um, and on that tear off, it says, uh, who's your one? So what we're going to invite you is that this week that you would be praying that God would put at least one person on your heart that you would say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be praying for this person and I'm going to commit to inviting this person on the journey of faith with me, having intentional conversations with them, trying to be a light to them in their life, that you would commit to do that. Next week... At the end of our service, if you've committed to do that, we want you to put your name, not their name, your name on this, and we'll have a place up here where you can get it so we can be praying for you as you're reaching out to your one. You'll also see that there's a book in here. We're going to go through this later on in the, in the sermon series. It's not just a track. Anybody ever seen tracks like those old school tracks where you walk? See, here's what I think of when I think of tracks. Here's what we used to do. I got a track do you know Jesus? And we would just run off, you know, and it's kind of like a drive-by shooting because we would throw something at somebody and go, hey, I want you to read this and come to Jesus. That's not what this is for. This is for you. This is to help you to understand 
well, how do I have a conversation in today's world with someone about faith? So this is your book to keep for you to kind of have a guide to go, oh, I see what's important or how I can have these conversations with people. It's not for you to give to someone else or especially to throw someone at a drive-by shooting. All right. And then the last thing that we have here is if we're going to make something a habit and intentionally, it's going to take time to get that right. We've got to keep it in front of ourselves. So we've given you a 30-day prayer guide. And if you, some of you have, some of you haven't, that's fine. We're also going to be doing this with you as a staff. Our devotionals that we do on a daily basis online, we're going to be using this book as a guide for those. And we invite you to join us in those as well. And each day it will give you a verse and a little challenge. And it gives you a way that you can be praying specifically for the person that God's laid on your heart to be a light to. And a place where you can journal some of your thoughts and prayers. And uh, we're making this real simple. Today is November what? First. How many days are in November? Good job. Nobody had to go January, February, March, April, May, June, July. You all know that trick, right? Anyway, um, and so there's 30 days in November. There's 30 days in this book. And so each day in November, we're going to invite you to join with us as we read through this and as we focus on this and as we pray for our one. And it's going to look like this video here so we can all do day one together right now. So here we go. Thank you for joining us today for our Who's Your One devotional. Each day we're using God's word to guide us as we pray for those that God has put on our heart to be a light to. And we're following along in our 30-day prayer guide, and today is day one. And if you'll notice, today's verse is John 14, 6. It says that Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what this verse reminds me is that it's all about Jesus. Jesus came so that we could know the way to life. And he shared that with his disciples. And it's just a good reminder to me to know that it's not all about me. This isn't all up to me. It's not even about the one that I'm praying for. Is it up to them? It's, it's about Jesus. It's about pointing people to Jesus. And so because I know the way to life through Jesus, I want to share that. I want others to know that. And, you know, knowing Jesus leads to life that's not just eternal life. It's not just life that happens after this life is over. It's life for every day as he guides me and he leads me. He is the way. He is the truth. And so he can help me every day in my life. And you just see that in this verse as well. Because Jesus knew the way, he wanted others to know the way as well. I hope you'll keep that in mind as you take time to pray for your one today. And be sure to use your prayer guide uh, to help you know how to pray and what to pray for today. And I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you online with us again tomorrow. So those will be posted about 9 o'clock every morning, so you can get to those sometime during the day and follow along. And you'll be hearing from all of our staff as we do that. Um, this month. So that's what we're doing. We're focusing in on this specific challenge for us to go, you know what, we want to live out God's word in this way. And this isn't something we're just going to do in the month of November and then forget. We're, We're trying to just help us all pick up this new habit and take on the responsibility of us being a light for those in the world around us and learn how to do that. Because I believe from the bottom of my heart 
when we do that, we begin to find that life that God has for us. And just like the disciples were once using their talents to just fish for fish, and then they were fishing for men, God will take our talents and abilities and he'll refocus those in a way that gives us purpose and life that goes beyond anything that I can possibly imagine. And you may be thinking, oh, I, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know how to do this. Well, I have good news for you, all right? My availability is more valuable than my ability. That's what you need to understand. My availability is more valuable to God than my ability. He took fishermen. He took fishermen that were not chosen by the rabbis as the best of the best and said, look, I'm going to use you to change the world. And he did it. And God can use you to change the world as well. They weren't trained. They were just available and willing. And I want you to hear this again. The call was follow me, meaning start doing what I'm doing and then you'll learn how to do this along the way. That's why it says as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They're casting nets into the sea because they were fishermen. So God can use anyone and God will use you and your talents and your gifts and abilities to be able to help draw people to, to know him, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen unless you do this intentionally. It's not just something that we go, God, just pray, send me someone. I'm hoping that you'll use this next week to truly pray about who in my life can I intentionally work on inviting into this journey of faith. God may have already laid someone on your heart. You may already have that blank filled in. I don't know. But hopefully this week you'll say, I want to do this, God. I want to live this out because I trust that you're going to show me how to do this. And it's not just about checking a box or accomplishing a goal. <clears throat> it's about actually discovering what you created me for and finding life and purpose. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but um, I wrote a dissertation one time, which is a really long paper that nobody ever reads, and that's fine. But it got me some initials at the end of my name, whoopity do. okay? But here's what it led me to do. My dissertation was actually in evangelism. Uh, my doctorate was in leadership. But my dissertation was in evangelism. And as I was studying what it means to share Christ with other people and how to do that in a culture of moral relativism and all these type of things that I was studying, here's the, here's the fact that just kind of hit me like a brick in the forehead. Most people who profess to be a follower of Christ, most, the majority of people, who profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ have never had an intentional conversation with someone about what it means to be a follower of Christ and how they can be a follower of Christ as well. Most people have not done that. For some reason, I guess most people think it's somebody else's job or they think that they don't know how to do that. And here's my deal. It's not about making us feel guilty and it's not about just giving us a dare. I can triple dog dare you, then you all have to do it, right? Because we are Texans, amen? All right? But it's not about that. It's about finding life. It's about understanding that if God's called me to do this, I'm missing out on things if I don't follow him and learn how to do this. So I want you to experience this life because I promise you, when God begins to lay people on your heart and give you the opportunity to invite them into life and have those conversations and you watch them start to connect the dots together, how God could be at work in their life, and you help lead them on that way, it's something that will change your life and their life. It's something that's amazing, and God invites us to be able to do that with him. Think about that. I have been personally invited 
by God to join him. Think about that. As a matter of fact, say that with me. I have been personally invited by God to join him. So God is is calling me and inviting me to say, hey, you can join me in this and you can find life in doing these things. John 15, 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You see, God's inviting me to do something and when I actually put those things into practice, I find life as I do it. Not just if I believe it's a good idea, not just if I'm supporting someone else in doing it, not just if I think it's the right thing to do. It's when I actually do it that I find life in doing that. God invites me to be able to be a light in someone else's life and to be able to introduce them to the person of Jesus Christ. And the reasons we don't do it can be a mile long. We may think we're not qualified. We might be scared. What about if we get rejected? What, all those things might happen. They might. But what's more, going to happen more than anything else is as we obey and follow God's word, we're going to find life that goes beyond what we think it could be. And so just remember this, that Jesus is greater than anything in this life. Jesus is greater than anything in this life. And, and if I can have my little moment here this morning, if you believe that, then you should be telling someone else. I mean, I believe being able to talk to light bulbs is a pretty great thing, and I just told all y'all about it. So why wouldn't I want to tell somebody else about Jesus, the greatest thing in all the world, the greatest thing than anything in this world? When something's important to us, when, when we like something, we support it, we talk about it naturally, but yet somehow when we get to this point, we, you, know, you know what culture tells us, right? We can't talk to people about religion or politics. Well, I, I'm 0 for 2 over the last two weeks, Okay. So, because there's a right way that we, can, that we can approach these things in God's way. And people need to see the light of Christ. They may not all believe you. They may not follow you. They may, it doesn't matter. But we need to trust that we can follow God and help them to understand that Jesus is greater than anything in this life. Here's an example in Scripture of this. It's actually a sad example to me. But it's in Mark chapter 10. It talks about Jesus it was about to go on a journey. It says, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt down before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I've kept all of these from my youth. Can you imagine how excited that man was at that point in time? God, what do I got to do to get eternal life? You just do these things. He's like, I'm in. And Jesus, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, and what's that invitation again? Follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand, and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. And you see, some people look at that story and they think it's a story about money. I, I don't think that. I think it's a story about our heart. I, I think it's a story that demonstrates that if we're not careful, we can find something in this world that we think is greater than what Jesus has to offer. And it will stand in the way of us experiencing life the way that God intends for us. For this particular man, it was his possessions. He apparently had a lot of them. 
And though he wanted eternal life with all of his heart, you could tell from his running up to Jesus, from his behavior, from his question, that he really wanted to do this, that when Jesus actually told him the way, he went, mm -mm, I'm out. I don't believe that. You know, I see a lot of us at times want what Jesus has for us. And then when it actually comes to following him and doing God's word, you know, maybe we've been struggling in relationships or we've been doing things and God says, look, if you'll just lay that down and trust me, just let it go and follow me. We're like, mm, I'm just going to hold on over here. Or if, if God's calling us to take a step of faith and we go, I don't know that I can do that. Maybe it is our possessions like it is with this man. But, but sometimes we, we get to this crossroad and we really have to believe that Jesus is greater than anything in this life. And if you truly believe that, there should be no problem in sharing that with people as God puts them in your path. So don't let anything in this life keep you from finding Jesus. And don't let anything in this life keep you from being the one who can share that with others as well. Because the bottom line is we have to believe that God's way will lead me to life. God's way will lead me to life. God created this world, and this world was good. And he created me to walk in relationship with him and relationship with others and find joy and purpose and meaning in following him and doing the work that he has for me to do. So if God's word is sharing with me or directing me to go, I'm supposed to be salt and light in this world. I'm supposed to be sharing my faith with others, then I need to find a way to make that part of my life because then I will find life and purpose and meaning in doing that that goes beyond anything else that this world has to offer. John 15, 8 says this, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. When we trust and obey We bring glory to God and find joy in our life. That's the bottom line. It's not just about believing. It's about actually following. And you don't have to live a whole lot of life to figure that out. I'm I'm looking at these students whom I love and get to spend some time with as well. Y'all know that as well. There's a total difference between believing in God and then actually following him. And you're hitting points in life right now where you're challenged on all those things. Sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you don't. But I'll just tell you, as an old guy, the more you follow him and trust him, the better life is. The more you think you've got it figured out and I can just kind of scoot this by or get by this or I'll have this over here and that, it doesn't work out. And so if we trust God and put his word into practice in our life, we'll find life that goes beyond anything that might seem good for a temporary amount of time. God's gonna be better than that. So as a church, we're inviting us to focus on this one area right now. Though the Bible's leading us in hundreds of ways, we wanna focus together on this one of what does it mean for us to be a light, to be ambassadors of hope and peace to the place that God has put us. Why am I here? I'm here to be a light. I'm here to give hope. I'm here to make a difference in the lives of those around me. God's word tells us this in Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So that's what we want to live out. Is that God's not calling us just to share our faith. He's calling us to invite others on this journey of faith to help them become disciples. To not just be introduced to Christ, but to be able to 
put these things into practice that he's calling us to do. And so the bottom line question for all of us today is who's, who's my one? Who's my one? Is there at least one that I would say, okay, God's put this person on my heart and I will commit to begin praying for them and to look for an intentional way to invite them into my life. I hope you hear me on that. I'm not just saying I want you to just share Jesus with them. I want you to invite them into your life. It says go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That doesn't happen in a single conversation. It happens as we take this up and we realize that God is inviting me to be a light for someone around me. And, of course, the bottom line is this. You can't be that light if you don't have that relationship with Christ yourself. So if you would, just join me as we pray.